Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. And welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Sun-Times Bears podcast, where Jason, you and I are in the press box at Lambeau Field. Uh, coming up in this episode, we will talk about the Bears' defeat at the hands of the hated Packers. We'll talk about what Justin Fields did and didn't do, and most importantly, what Aaron Rodgers did to remind everybody that he owns the Bears. All of that and more on Hallis Intrigue coming right up. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the more things change, the more they, you know, stay the same. Uh, John Fox, Matt Nagy, Mark Tressman, all of them have come up here to get their whooping. And now Matt Eberflus is on that list in a game that we thought at the beginning would be pretty interesting. And it was not. Yeah, the Bears made their case early on. I mean, they were up 7-3 and then three touchdowns by Green Bay in the second quarter. I mean, that pretty much, as far as far as a Bears-Packers game goes, Patrick, uh, you know, 24-7 to at halftime, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You're not going Bears- back from that. In the history, I mean, that, that doesn't happen. We saw games go crazy all day. We saw wild games. Pat, there was a game where I think it was uh, Arizona was down 20 to nothing to the Raiders in the fourth quarter or third quarter and won. And that was like the third craziest game. It wasn't even close. To, it wasn't even anywhere near the other ones that went wild. That's not going to happen here. That's not going to happen with this offense. It's not going to happen with Justin Fields at the, at the place he's in right now. And, we, and the Bears really need to decide whether he'll, he'll advance past that. But, you know, you only need one disaster quarter like that against Aaron Rodgers for it to all fall apart. Yeah. And in that quarter, of course, the Bears – went three and out on three consecutive drives. I believe their uh, third downs were like third and 10, third and 15, third and 19, something like that. All the Packers did was score three touchdowns, uh, right, one right at the start of the uh, second quarter, one with about five minutes to play in the third with 30 seconds to play, and they, and they boat raced the Bears. And the Bears are just not built to play catch-up, Jason. Justin Fields today, you want to guess how many passing yards he had? Oh, Rodgers had 230, so I'm going to guess 130 maybe? Nope, uh, 70. He had 70, and if you, if you want to take the sacks out of it, the Bears had 48 net passing yards. They've only done that three other times this decade, and one of them was that Browns game last year, which you just don't want uh, to be in any sentence uttered about the 2022 Bears. Well, Pat, you don't want – if you're these guys, if you're Ryan Poles and Matt, and, uh, and Matt Eberflus, the, the worst thing that could happen, like the, the most – this most stinging criticism could be, oh, this looks familiar. Oh, this looks like stuff we've seen. And this did kind of look like something we've seen before. Because if you go back to their game last December up here, where Matt Nagy is talking about, it's it's a lot of fun at halftime because he's got a three-point lead. And then next thing you know, he's down 10 before you know it. This is a different way of getting there. I mean, this is kind of the same thing just on the defensive side where you feel like, oh, okay, they've got a handle on Rodgers. And then it all falls apart leading into halftime, and then it's done. It's just done. Yeah, and and the Bears, you know, had you been able to interview Matt Eberflus at the end of the first drive, maybe he would have admitted it, uh, that it was fun because the Bears marched and scored to take a 7-3 to three lead. They did so in a very un-Bears way, which was they ran a flea flicker. David Montgomery, who <laughs> we could say the only maybe the only nice thing we can say tonight is that David Montgomery appeared to get his groove back. But he took a handoff, turned around, pitched it to – Fields, fields through to Equinemius St. Brown for 30 yards. 
you know, three plays later, Fields dives in the end zone to take a 7-3 lead, and you're sitting there going, oh, my God, this is going to be a barn burner. And then Justin Fields threw for 40 yards the rest of the game. Uh, it just – the offense wasn't clicking. Uh, there were penalties in a way that there weren't in week one. Uh, there were, you know, runs, you know, uh, rushes for loss that there weren't in week one. And the Bears' offense is just not good enough. Well, it's not good enough, period. But if we want to uh, be even more specific, it's not good enough to play catch-up. It's not good enough to play from behind the sticks. It's sure as hell not good enough to convert on third and ten regularly. And because of that, they were punting a lot. Pat, the Aaron Rodgers situation is still a problem. He's almost 39. He's playing without his star left tackle. He's playing with wide receivers that he's been mad at the entire time that they've been in Green Bay, and he's still a problem. But that is a consistent problem. That's a constant problem. There's only so much you can do against a great player like that, and his numbers are not uh, uh, you know, shocking today. If I read this off to you, 19 of 25, it is very efficient. 234 yards, two touchdowns, a 131 rating. I mean, he might have done even more than that if he had needed to. If the Bears had pushed him, if Justin Fields had tried to keep up, had, had made uh, some strides in keeping up with him, maybe Aaron Rodgers throws for 400 yards because he has to, but the Packers were draining the clock uh, with the run game and with just letting the clock go because the Bears were out of timeouts late. Um, the offense is the huge problem. The offense is just alarming to me where, okay, you throw out last week, you throw out week one because it was, it was just a big, rainy mess Whatever you got to do to win that, the numbers offensively were not good. But how do you make anything of that? So, I mean, this is the real debut of the offense, <laughs> week two in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. But this Green Bay defense is not the greatest defense of all time. This is like a league average defense, most likely. And here's what the offense looks like right now. Only two people had more than one target today. Equinemius St. Brown had four. David Montgomery, the running back, had two. And nobody else had more than one. Ryan Griffin. Could you pick Ryan Griffin out of a crowd? Lovely man. Very nice guy. Could you pick him out of a crowd? Probably not. He had one. Khalil Herbert had one. Darnell Mooney. Do you remember Darnell Mooney? You know how he's like the best player on this offense, Jason? He had one target or two targets, one catch, negative four yards. Cole Komet had one target and zero yards. And do you know why? Because he stone-cold dropped a pass. This is not a balanced offense. This is not an offense that is putting the ball in the hands of its best pass catchers by any stretch. I mean, shoot, Equinemius St. Brown is fourth or fifth on the pecking order probably. And, you know, Justin Fields said after the game that, that Luke Getzey told the Bears going in, we are going to run the ball down their throats. And, okay, that is fine. But when it's third and 19, when it's third and 15, when it's third and 10, you need to be able to complete a pass to somebody anyone has heard of. And that did not happen today. You can't have the entire – I mean, you look at who's good on this offense uh, in the passing game, and you say Darnell Mooney's good. Cole Komet is maybe good. That's it. Yeah. So to have those two have a combined, I think, seven targets through the first two weeks – is very problematic. And I know Cole Komet is doing a lot of inline blocking and there's some concern about Braxton Jones needing help. And last week there's a bunch of rain, but is it, is it fields or is it the receivers and fields throwing 11, 11 passes in a game and he was sacked three times. So 14 times they tried to pass, I guess. Uh, 
maybe throwing a couple scrambles on there. I mean, that's, this line does not win you games ever, 7 for 11 passing. No, it, it doesn't. This isn't how you – it isn't ever how you compete. So the idea that we're going to run, 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 that's fine. You can do that. But you, this is – this is Pat, this is almost like when Matt Nagy ran the ball, what was it, six times or something like that, set the franchise record. I mean, in le- if the problem is that they're choosing not to let him throw the ball because uh, they're just – they're playing conservatively, that's bad. If the problem is that they don't – they can't trust him, because they've seen him all uh, off season and they don't feel good about where he's at. They can't let him throw, uh, you know, more than 11 times in a, in a big game like this. That's a problem. I mean, this, this can't stay like this. This season is all about progress. This isn't about going to the Super Bowl. This is not progress at all. No. And I think they came into this game going, we are, we cannot race Aaron Rodgers to 30 points. You know, I wrote this, I'm not sure they could race Aaron Rodgers to 20 points. Because of that, by the time the second quarter was over, this game was in hand. You know, one of the benefits of running the football well is then you take your shots off play action. Then you throw screens. Then you do all these clever things that Luke Getzey was supposed to bring to the Bears. But you know what? In the fourth quarter, you know, they marched 89 yards in the fourth. Or, you know, they started at the, at the 10, at their own 10, wound up at the opposite one. They didn't complete a single pass. And that's because the Packers were thrilled to sit there and let them run the football. The benefit of running the ball is getting play action and good passing off of it. That wasn't going to happen in the fourth quarter when they were down by 14 points. Well, you certainly saw that in the Bears uh, in the Bears' first possession. You saw it work where they got David Montgomery running for four, running for 12, and then you do the flea flicker, which gets you 30 yards. I mean, that that is the mix you're talking about as far as an ideal string of play calls in Luke Getze's offense. And then they just they just lost that. They didn't have that anymore the rest of the game. No, and, and it's too bad because I think that nobody is going to look at the box score and say that the Bears' defense played well, and they didn't play well. But, you know, they had some life in them, particularly in the pass rush, that I thought was encouraging. You know, I think they can bring down uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL if they rush the passer the same way they did tonight. Uh, they didn't stop the run, though, and that's – you know, if the Bears' formula is to grind you out and play, you know, all of these Matt Eberflus euphemisms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, hustle, intensity, you know, takeaways, smarts, all of that. If the Bears are going to win a game on points instead of a TKO, they can't be giving up 132 yards to Aaron Jones on 15 carries. They can't give up 61 rushing yards to A.J. Dillon on 18 carries. They can't let both of those guys be among the Packers' uh, uh, pass catchers. I mean, there are a lot of easy yards that the Packers got today that had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. 38 carries for 203 yards, Jason. That's an average of 5.3. You're going to win a lot of games that way. Well, and, what chance do you have when you possibly when you are playing the Packers and giving up 5.3 yards per carry? No, none. None. No, I mean, you hope for a lightning delay is what you hope for. <laughs> I mean, the Bears wound up with 6.7, but, you know, we'll go do some math uh, after the game and, and try and uh, – try and figure out how many of those came in the fourth quarter, you know, half. And, you know, at that point, the game was more or less in hand. You know, you know, Justin Fields talked after the game today about how he thought he had gotten in on the fourth and inches play uh, in the fourth quarter. And we can talk about that here in a second. And he said, you know, that changed everything. And I'm sitting there going, no, it didn't change a damn thing. You've been down 14 the whole fourth quarter. I don't think anybody watching the game thought that the Bears were one referee's call away from having – Anything to do with winning this game? Bears were about uh, maybe two and a half yards 
for rush. If I'm, am I looking at this right? They had 44 yards rushing in the first half, Pat. They were at about four yards per carry then. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they finished with 6.7. I do want to talk about that last drive, though, where the Bears started at the at the 10, got to the opposite one. On third and four, Fields ran around the uh, uh, ran around the uh, the right side, dove for the pylon. His knee was rolled down at the one. That leaves the Bears with fourth and goal at the one-yard line. And they line up in shotgun. And, Jason, that's one of those football things that, I'd like to think I'm a pretty modern thinker. I think, believe me, I've thought a lot more about the forward pass than the Chicago Bears have, you know, over the last 10 years. But to, I'm fine giving the ball to Justin Fields, even though David Montgomery is having one of the better games of his life. I'm fine running a quarterback sneak. But to put him in a shotgun formation and make him run five yards when all he needed was one, I, I, I don't understand it, and I don't think I ever will. This is hurting my head because this feels like a conversation we would have had when Matt Nagy was calling the plays. Right. I mean, that's a Nagy-ish play right there. Right. And and we asked, uh, you know, we asked Matt Eberflus about it after the game. And Eberflus said, you know, we practiced that play all week. We like having the extra blocker. And by taking the ball in the shotgun, then that extra blocker can go out and get in front of fields on the run. And, you know, they've got numbers and they had numbers and it didn't matter. He got stuff. Fields thought he stretched the ball across. I think you could look at the replay and see whatever you want to see there. But, my, man, man, just put him under center and tell him to fall forward. I mean, Fields is a, Fields is a big, strong dude, and, and I, like my chances. I like my chances doing that. And, Pat, for all their uh, failures throughout the game on both sides of the ball, that would have made it a touchdown game with eight minutes left. Yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers. That, that gives you a chance. That gives you a very good chance. Yeah, You're very good. Get, I, you, I, you, you have an opportunity in front. Of you. Okay, down seven with eight minutes left. You have the oppor- You have more than enough time, in theory, for the opportunity to get a stop and get the ball back and try to tie the game. That you is do. what your. That is what is at stake on that play call. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have taken a pretty extraordinary effort to get the ball back. Again, five point three yards per carry. Aaron Rodgers with a quarterback rating of one thirty one point one. You know, I, I agree. Realize, I agree. All with you. it takes I agree is with a tip. You. All it takes is a tip or a dumb fumble, and the Packers had one of those tonight. You but know, we're not all- talking about like cutting it to seven and then onside's kicking. Like you had the chance with that play call, if it was successful, to be down seven with eight minutes left, and maybe at that point you've got a chance to redeem this night that's gone horribly wrong. Yeah, and you know, I think the optimist might look at this game and go, "Man, they only got seventy passing yards." Uh, you know, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, 131 passer rating and look, you know, they're three inches away from being down seven with, with, uh, you know, with, with some time with whatever it was, six minutes to play or whatever. Uh, okay. But I, I don't see it that way. I think that, I don't think that was a turning point. I think the game had turned a long time ago. The interesting thing for the bears is that they have a really long time before they face Green Bay again. I think it's early December, Pet. Mm-hmm. So a lot can change for them when you have a young team and you have a new coach. A lot can change between now and then. But, boy, a lot, a whole lot would have to change for that game at Soldier Field in December to be any different than what you saw now. Well, and to me, here's the scary thing. You know, Aaron Rodgers was saying this week that he thinks it might take all season long for his new receivers and his rookies to kind of get on the same page with him in terms of, of wide receivers and pass catching, but geez, all, you know, if it takes 10 weeks, 
and they figure it out. I don't want to be playing the Packers in week 13. I mean, <laughs> this is, in theory, this is, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, this is when you wanted to play them. You wanted to play them now when he had no trust in his receivers, when he had no rhythm in that offense. And I think it showed up a couple of times today where they seemed out of sync. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to figure this thing out, and that's going to be bad news for the Bears. Yeah, his out of sync is uh, still pretty good. You know, his B or C game is still better than a lot of people's A game. And uh, you saw it in the first drive, Pet. I mean, we've heard a lot. This is this is where Aaron Rodgers will tell you the truth about about your team. Right. That you, yep. that you may not be telling yourself because okay. we have heard how much have we heard about Kyler Gordon and w- how amazing Kyler Gordon is. And in the first like kind of real game, normal game here, week two um, against a very, very good quarterback, he goes at him right away. And Kyler Gordon made a play or two there or there. But Kyler Gordon had a rough time keeping up with Aaron Rodgers. He did. They picked on him a lot. And I think they're going to. I think other teams may borrow that. Now they won't have. Oh, he's, he said it tonight. He said Kyler Gordon said tonight. I was expecting this, and then based on how this went, I'm definitely expecting it again next week. So uh, you you have you know in the secondary right now, if you're talking about trying to come together with trying to come out here against a good quarterback, and they won't see a really good quarterback for a while, for a few games here at least. But you got Jalen Johnson and. Who else do you have right now? Maybe at uh, some point you have Kyler Gordon, but right now it's just Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I mean, and if we're looking ahead right now, <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, they host the Texans, they go to the Giants. Those two teams are beatable. Uh, those two quarterbacks are are, are really bad. Uh, you know, then they go to Minnesota. I think Minnesota's a, a a very good football team. Then they play Washington. They play the Patriots. They play the Cowboys, and maybe Dak Prescott's back. Maybe he's not. I mean, there are no world beaters in front of them here. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how they do against mere mortals. But, you know, we've been talking about it all all preseason. That You know, that Jalen Johnson was, you know, the one stopper they had at the cornerback position, and everybody else he was kind of hoping for. And Jaquan Brisker may end up being a really good player. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I thought, had a really good game tonight. But that's not enough against Aaron Rodgers. That might be enough against Davis Mills. That might be enough against Daniel Jones. Or it might be close. But against Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, he will just go pick on the weak link. And I was as surprised as you were that, that he didn't decide that was Kendall Vildor. And he did decide that that was Kyler Gordon. Yeah, and again, this is a recurring problem from last year, Pat. All of those problems in coverage while getting a pretty good pass rush. I mean that's that's a that's that's a defensive back's best friend is a good pass rush. And you saw last year the Bears with only Jalen Johnson as a sure thing at corner, and one of the best pass rushes in the league in terms of sacks and pressures, things like that, still getting just torched. I think gave up the highest passer rating in the NFL last season. Yeah, Robert you're, Quinn. You're, you're, you're Robert looking at it. You're looking at that again tonight. I mean, three sacks I think on Rodgers, or was it two? Uh, a lot of pressure back there. Yeah, three sacks on Rodgers. A lot of pressure overall some incompletions that I feel like were forced by the pass rush, and you still end up giving him that stat line of 131 passer rating. <laughs> uh, every time we come up here, Jason, Aaron Rodgers makes offense look so easy. And then we go back to Hallis Hall and to Lake Forest and then to Soldier Field, and it's so hard. <laughs> and yeah. and it, it's 
the the maddening thing, particularly if I was a diehard Bears fan, the maddening thing would be the names and faces are almost you know interchangeable at this point. Yeah, the head coach. The, the, it doesn't matter who the head coach is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just. It's not that he's a little bit better than them. He is just in a different world. You know, I remember. Uh, I think it was a documentary. ESPN did a documentary. I think it was about A Rod, or it was about Jeter. I think it was about A Rod. But Theo Epstein talked about meeting with A Rod when he was a free agent, knocking on his hotel room door, and and he opens the door and he sees this mountain of a man who is you know well chiseled, and you know impossibly handsome and impossibly talented, and, and he says that he doesn't think you know that the two of them are the same species. You know, I look at Aaron Rodgers compared to. Justin Fields and Mitch Trubisky and Jay Cutler and Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and Chase Daniel and the list goes on and on and on. And Aaron Rodgers is not the same species as these guys. Aaron Rodgers is is magic and the Bears if the Bears had one tenth of what he provides the Packers at quarterback, their franchise would be on a completely different plane. Yeah, and I don't, you know, there's no honor in just like waiting him out for retirement. And you don't know when that's going to be. Tom Brady's playing at 45 this year. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, with all of his various uh, medical genius, is uh, he seems to be in pretty good shape. So mm-hmm. I, you know, you you can't even assume if you're Matt Eberflus, you can't even assume that even at his even at Aaron Rodgers' age, you can't assume that you'll wait him out. Aaron, how many Bears coaches do you think have figured that they were going to wait out Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is. I bet Matt Nagy thought them it. All to the I, 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 I bet you Matt Nagy thought it. Not waiting out the retirement, but waiting out the trade or something like that. I bet Matt Nagy was thinking that. Yep. All right, I'm going to get a get out of jail free card here on Aaron Rodgers. No, he's still here, and and that's the thing for Eberflus and Fields and the Bears as a whole is you want to take him down while he's still something to take down mm-hmm. and not just wait around. And, and, and if you're a bears fan, I mean, you gotta be scared of whatever they'll have next. Maybe it's Jordan love. Maybe it's somebody else, but I mean, Oh, I was, don't. Oh, oh, give me, any, old, give me anybody, but him. I don't care who it is. It could be. I mean, you're, you're old right from Favre into Rogers. It's been like 30 years of just somehow or another ending up at the same destination. Mm-hmm. Just give me a Don Mikowski just once. Uh, One thing I want to touch on before we go, Jason, you know, Matt Eberflus uh, really made a big deal out of the discipline that the Bears had in week one, and they did not have it uh, tonight. It was uh, seven penalties for 50 yards. Do we read anything into that? Is that just what NFL teams do? Is they sometimes, I mean, it's not an egregious number of yards, but it's a lot of flags. Uh, Does that just bring the Bears back to the mean? Uh, It's it's a big problem when you say that that discipline is going to be what you're all about and you're going to have refs in all summer and you are showing video clips and th- we are all you are all about turning this problem around. I remember at their introductory press conference, he said they were going to stop. There would be no more dumb penalties. Basically, they were going to eradicate that from the organization. And someone raised a hand and asked a question saying, hey, that's not really how things usually go here. <laughs> Somebody's like, no, this this is a place kind of known for dumb penalties. Right. And. You know, you see, you see big mistakes at the wrong time. Uh, you saw a false start by the offense at a really bad time. You saw Kendall Vildor on the opening drive 
with a 15-yard penalty that immediately puts Green Bay at midfield. Yeah. And, they're and that, was good. And that was bizarre. It looked like he was sliding to get out of the way, and they flagged him with it. I'm curious whether the Bears will put in it put in a, a grievance to the league this week. But I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't explain it away by any stretch. I think what you want to look at now is coming out of this game. Okay. You, you, you look at each game as kind of the cha- a chapter in a book and chapter one against the 49ers was, uh, was bizarre. It was just this bizarre start to the season that I don't think you can really draw conclusions from. Uh, this is a major defeat. Now a major setback that means something. Now you go into these next two games of Texans and giants Two teams that have not been very good are probably not very good this year. Can you get yourself right? Can you yeah. fix enough things so that by the time you go to Minnesota in the fifth game, you are ready to have a basically an even fight? Yeah, we know right now that the Bears don't match up with the best in the NFL. We know that they probably don't match up with the second best in the NFL. Uh, let's see how they do against the dregs of the NFL. And... If the result the next two weeks is remotely as disconcerting as it is tonight, I mean, we are then going to be talking about the Bears having a chance to have one of the top draft picks in the league. Uh, you know, I think if they can split, I think, I, I'm discouraged enough with what I saw tonight that if they could split the next two games, I would consider that maybe a victory for them. Uh, but then again, you know, then we'll see the Vikings and we'll find out what's real and what's not. Jason agrees with me. Uh, that'll do it for the show. Uh, Mark Potash uh, will join us later this week. His game balls once again just held up. You know, there's been some shipping problems, uh, and and we'll let you know when they come in on whatever steamer uh, boat that they're in on. Until then, you can follow Mark and Jason and myself uh, on Twitter. You can check us out at the Sometimes website. Uh, download the Sometimes app. It's the way I read our Sometimes stories. I think. It's it's really good presentation and hassle-free. And as always, please like, rate, and review the podcast. He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.